Welcome to Yeah Nah Look, the episode for round two. We're back. We're back in town. I'm Colo. I'm here with Croft. Hello. And Dico. Thanks for having us. Okay, so we're here back for another round. We're going to review all the action from round one and give our predictions for round two. So, without further ado, I think we should just get straight into the news. Okay, so the first thing we're going to discuss in the news will probably rattle off a few of the injuries of the weekend. Um, one of the big ones that happened, Nick Rewalt went down clutching his knee. He would look to be in some distress. I think everyone was a little bit worried about that. Didn't, but didn't look very good. It's come back uh, a decent result. It looks like there's apparently there's no structural damage done and he should be back in about two weeks. So that's good news for Nick Rewalt. So look, that's a positive there. Drew Petrie's broken his hand. Uh, against his old team, North Melbourne. So he's going to miss, I think, uh, six maybe weeks it was. So he's going to be out for a little while, which is seriously troubling for West Coast because we know their ruck stocks are light on. I think Vardy had some troubles later on in the, that game. Yeah, well, I think but Vardy. I think he came back. So we'll discuss that later on when we're giving our tips and maybe our review of the games. But Petrie is going to be out. Um, Jared Waite also is going to be out for six weeks. I think he broke his elbow, so that's not going to be good for North Melbourne. We'll discuss that more later on. Sam Powell Pepper from Port Adelaide has won the uh, Rising Star nomination for this round. And the other big news that was, well, it's kind of been brought up here and there. It's not really big news. It's more rumours. Is Dustin Martin, there's been rumours that uh, North Melbourne and Collingwood have both tabled big money offers Already. for him. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, obviously, that's coming up because he had a big game on the weekend. I doubt they're just deciding from that game that they want him, but maybe they, you know, they see potential. Maybe it's just coming out now because he's had a big game to put a bit of pressure on Richmond. That kind of thing, I think, tends to be leaked by the manager of the player to yeah. say, "Hey, look, he's done this. Now these clubs are sniffing around. You guys better up your up, up your offer for him because, you know, he's in demand out there in the world." Um, and he'll be just focusing on football and uh, contract negotiations <laughs> at the end of the season. Yeah, he's going to pump out probably the generic line, uh, a la our man, Dennis Armfield, who loves who loves a generic line. Hey, look, we're just happy to get away with the four points. I wish they'd, just, I wish they'd actually just be honest. And just, uh, we have them sprinkled geez. in there. So we're going to cross over now to our man, our man, the yeah, Carlton man. man, but not the real Carlton man. We're going to go to Dicko. Oh, he's talking to me. For his uh, what, match, match review panel, review panel okay, results. just come out. So Melbourne halfback Bernie Vince has been offered a one-match suspension for a behind-the-ball hit on Nathan Wright in Saturday's clash against St Kilda. People know who Bernie Vince is. You don't have to say Melbourne halfback. <laughs> no, I do. I'm reading it from the uh, website. <laughs> Collingwood speedster Travis Vardco can also accept a one-match ban after collecting Luke Dowhouse high in Friday night's match oh. against the Western Bulldogs at the MCG. Did that you see that? Right, that in, the middle of, like, no, right in the middle one. of Dal Street. Did you, did you see that one? I saw it. It was yeah, solid collision. I thought it might have got a couple, but Dowhouse was fine. The Duck Wayne Carey thought there was nothing in it at first, but upon review, I think because I think yeah, because, I think because he got he got back up. That's yeah. why it only just clicked. It, it was quick, but it was, it was like, it, I mean, it was way off the plate. Yeah. Like, and yeah. it wasn't. Um, Vincent Varco were the only players offered suspensions. Yeah. Pretty yeah. clean round. So I, I believe. Um, it's probably not on there because it didn't go to match review, but I think Walters and McCarthy might have got fined. For yeah, there's a few fines right the here. Over the fence incident. Is um, that on there? I don't know. Casbolt. From Carlton, got offered a $1,000 fine. High bump on Nick Vlastuin. 
whoever the Blaston. fuck is Bloston. Bloston. That's Blaston. it. Uh, Hartlett was fine. One thousand. Hamish. No, that was that was for JRT. I don't know what's going on about here. Um. Oh, what it says, Hartlett, who was fined $1,000 during the JLT Community Series for striking Jared Ruffhead, was charged on Monday for a near-identical offence, this time on Sydney's Jared Jordan Foot. He's been offered a $1,500 fine for a second strike Footy. and will be suspended. It's Foot, isn't it? Yeah, it is Foot. Yeah, okay. it's the same. <laughs> suspended for one match if he commits another low-level offence this season. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, right, here you go. Michael Walters, Cam McCarthy and Zach Tui were all offered $1,500 fines oh. for second offences in engaging. The two bland. A melee. Jeez, those poor footballers. And that is... <laughs> Just all that money. I don't know. What are they going to do? All right, so that will conclude the news segment for this round. Okay, so now our next... Well, the next part of things... Oh, I'm excited. Is, is Duco is looking forward to this. Yes. We are introducing The Drop. Now, the drop for this week He's got was a good brought one. to us by Croft. Uh, oh, you probably thought there might have been a sponsor coming in there. It wasn't brought to us by a sponsor. <laughs> no, I just stopped in at a Thirsty Camel and picked up a sister. It was brought to us by a Thirsty Camel, who are not uh, paying us any money for this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Croft picked up a lovely drop. So, Dicko, would you like to introduce the drop? Would you like to give us some information yeah, about so it? So, today we have a nice Yender... Pale Ale. Pass me one down, From Wakeley Road in Yenda, New South Wales. Oh, Yenda. Um, so it actually has on the uh, labels as a malt, malt intensity, intensity of three, three little wheat signs like and intensity. hop intensity of three little hop signs. So 4.5%. Yeah. We're playing basketball three tonight, so this bottles. is a questionable decision on our part, but that's nice, how committed nice looking, we are to you, mm, nice looking the bottle. listeners. Nice looking bottle. Oh, it's a not, very classy mm, bottle, yeah, sort classy. of... Uh, brown cardboardy type appearance to the label and the back it says if if it's got spice this is the beer for you to cut through the heat oh okay so oh. it's it's intended to go along with meal obviously mm. yeah yes. it's intended to go with asian meals with chili oh mm, let's wow. have a, okay, okay let's have a let's have a taste yep, i've opened I'll open mine up so Prof, you've, you've already I've had already a sweet we should pour it into a glass it has a medium amber on appearance, its nose is fruity and clean. It's got a much more distinct taste than last week's bright ale. Crisp and biscuity malt. It's got a pale, it's pale ale, so it's pretty strong, probably. You can taste the, the malt. It's got a malty taste. Once again, I'm not a beer connoisseur to level of how it's, to describe it's, it, but it's... It's I nice. Can, it's definitely a strong... A, a nice a dinner ale. beer. Yeah. That's what you expect. Don't mind it. Good yeah. work, Yender. I quite like it. The Australian Beer Company. Proudly crafted Australian beer. Thanks, Thirsty Camel. Keep selling those beers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> on that note, now that we've opened the drop and we're ready to loosen up and really get into things and get it going, we're going to head into the weekend review. So, weekend review, we're going to go through the results from the weekend. So, Dicko, if you want to bring those up for us on, on the big screen we've got in here. Yeah, um, I'll have them on the uh, paper it, here as well, Thursday night. Yeah, can you put them there so I can see them? Okay. <laughs> uh, so, right there. it was a big you can't really see a big and interesting weekend of football this weekend. Round one always throws up quite a few upsets. That's just something we know. Okay, historically, there's always a little bit of, little bit of random stuff that goes on because there is an element of unknown... Some players play that didn't play at all during the JLT or they were playing in different positions. Coaches finally unveil their hand and, uh, you know, the results fall as they may. So first game, this one will probably get a bit of discussion because it does feature uh, the, the team of two of our panellists. 
So Carlton went down to Richmond. We did. Uh, Disappointing. It was a pretty comfortable win, I'd say, to Richmond. I think early on in the game, Carlton looked okay. They were sort of lively. This is my point of view. We'll get you guys, your guys' take on it as Carlton fans after. But I thought they were, they were okay early. They were in the contest and kind of bubbling around. But Richmond worked them over. My reasoning for for tipping Richmond, I don't think any of us really rated Richmond all that much in terms of the season. But I thought they had a little bit more, a little bit of star power and that sort of came to... The, I think I said I thought Dusty would get 40 and three goals something. He ended up getting 30-odd and four goals. So It was close. He he had a big performance. And it was probably the difference in the end. He sort of controlled the game. But I, did, I saw... I had footy training in between, so I sort of watched the first half and then came back and watched the second half later. So it was a bit distorted for me. But... Um, I thought he had a huge impact on the game and I thought Richmond's forward line functioned pretty well. They scored well without Jack Rewalt particularly dominating, yep. which is probably a good sign. And I think in years gone by, Richmond's success has really been down to their, whatever they call them, the big four or big five, where they'd had Rewalt, Deledio, Martin, Cochin. And if those guys didn't fire, they struggled. Whereas in this game, I don't think Rewalt played poorly, but he didn't dominate. Deledio's not there anymore. Um, I'm not they sure. Had, they got down Prestia. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Prestia, Prestia helps and, and he played well. Yeah, he, he, got, really well. he got eight votes in the AFL coach. I don't world. think, like, Cochin didn't have a huge game. He had a solid game. Um, they had a lot of young But yeah, young I thought they, they well. spread the load. Uh, Georgie Costanza, he, he looked lively up Four forward. Votes in the AFL coach award. You know, they had some, had some good. They got Josh Caddy now, I think it's going to help a little bit, for particularly for a guy like Cochin, because he's going to be an inside man that's going to get in there and. And help out the contested ball as Lucy just alerts us to some, <laughs> some neighbourhood goings on. Uh, Dico, was there, you got anything to add to that? Uh, no, I was pretty disappointed with Carlton, but the disappointing thing was I thought the young players played well, but it was the uh, senior players that let us down. Oh uh, man, Dennis didn't have yeah. a good one. No, he was a decoy runner. Oh look, um, that's what he paid. Well, I mean, Mark Murphy had thirty. Five touches, thirty-four, thirty-five touches. Yeah. Um. He, but I mean, he didn't touches. I can't believe it's not bottom. I can't believe it's not. They weren't. Uh, <laughs> they weren't contested. I tell you that. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, he didn't kick any goals. Um. And they, he, he didn't seem like he, he got the touches, but he didn't seem to have a lot of influence just, on the, on the game. It was just one of those games where we didn't seem like we were on at all. He had eighteen contested possessions. But so I was. I, I did miss. I did miss the first three quarters because I was still at work, which was disappointing. Yeah, I didn't miss on the radio. Well, at least it is new. Okay, so we'll move on from that game now. Next That's game. our wrap on that. Uh, Friday night's game, which was a good one, and I think, well, I don't remember exactly what you guys said, but I'm pretty sure I said I think it was going to be a blowout, and we all said Buckley would be under pressure. Bulldogs beating Collingwood in what was a closer game than we thought. Um, it was. I it didn't. Was I didn't take a lot out of the game. It was sort of, the Bulldogs were kind of what we expected. They looked really sharp early. Collingwood kind of got a hold of him in the middle part of the game. Our man, uh, JJ. JJ? Johannesson. How's his he had a haircut. Odell haircut. Beckham. Haircut He's haircut of the week this yeah. week. Oh, haircut haircut of the week, um, although, yeah. although our friend Dennis Armfield. Yeah, his was a very Caught some nice much, much commented on. But yeah, I think the Bulldogs were what we expected. I think one of the great moments of the round, and even though I know particularly probably Croft has some indifferent feelings about this man, but it's probably more from a Coming oh, from Carlton Rivers, Travis Cloak's goal. Is, that was that that's moment. Oh, that was around. great. That was probably yeah. the moment. I mean, it yeah. was great because yeah. Collingwood fans are booing him. Which okay, some people just the look on Joss's uh, face. Uh, yeah, was yeah the, the, I think the there was a couple. We're going to criticize some coverage, 
of of the game this weekend, some media, but that was probably some of the best coverage yeah, of the weekend. They, they went straight there. The reaction perfect. of Joffa booing and then just I wouldn't be down surprised. Silent. I wouldn't be surprised if the AFL said to Joffa, "Look really devastated <laughs> when Travis Cloak kicks a goal for but us." Yeah, yeah. some people criticize Collingwood fans for uh, for booing Cloak because he didn't really leave. He was kind of forced out. But I mean, I think you have the right to uh, the former player. Uh, I know it's more of a fun. frustration boo. I think that you know he. Kind of, they felt he'd underperformed. I don't think any Collingwood fan would sit there and say we don't think Travis Cloak tried or gave his best for us over the years. I think they'd all appreciate him. And I think if it was his last season or he was retiring, I think they'd you know they'd they would gladly him, yeah yeah, sure. yeah. But because it's the first game against you know I think they got the right to be some like I know Fremantle last year with Crowley and stuff they gave him a big applause and that was something I saw it measured against. But that was a different situation. So, but yeah, I thought Bulldogs looked strong. Uh, and I thought Collingwood looked a bit better than I thought they'd be, but just came up short. Probably skill errors. Yeah, let him down a little bit. I did. I did. I thought it was a good game. Oh, yeah, yeah. it was probably one definitely. of the, the better games of the round. Um, going on coaches' votes, Pendlebury took out the chocolates. He did play very well. He's very clean, Pendles. He's one of my favourites to watch. Yeah. Composed, delivers the footy well. But yeah, that's all I have to say. It was, it was a good game. Croft, do you have anything to add? Good Friday night game. Yeah, no, I I enjoyed it. Um, like seeing Cloak playing the ruck. I thought that was a that yes, that's something I mentioned to you, I think, after the game. So that's something I thought Collingwood didn't, never really did with him, or I don't think they really tried that with him. And I thought it allowed him to come into the game a bit more because Cloakey, as much as his goal kicking has been criticised and you know we know he's a bit shaky, he's actually a pretty good he's, field kick. He, and he's a good runner as well. Yeah, he's, he's always a good been runner, a good leader. So so bring him up the ground. Up the ground, yeah, exactly. Um, and I might mention him again when we come to talk about Frio and something I think they could possibly do. Um, but yeah, I think having him in the ruck allows him to get involved in the game. I think with no third man up, sometimes you're going to be getting beaten in the ruck and teams are going to concede the ruck. I, we saw Geelong, they only played one ruckman against Sandlands because I think they're realising that we're going to lose the taps, so we're just going to get an extra runner and try and win yeah. it at ground level. Do you want me to mention the injuries of each game, just quickly? Yep. Yeah, so injuries out of this game. I did have it. So H was replacing the side by Chris Mayne. Had his yeah. first hit out. I didn't think he played too bad. He didn't. He was, yeah. He was lively at times. He, I, he I missed, never disliked he him as a Frio player. He, just, he, he, still seems he lost a bit, confidence. He still seems a bit off his best, he like when he, when he was just yeah. nailing uh, But everything. the only injury was Dale Morris with a leg. Doesn't say how severe. Oh, injury. yeah. Yeah, Dale Morris broke his leg. That's right. Shouldn't mention yeah. that in the news. So that's disappointing for him because he has been through some injuries. Um, so that's that game. Was there any from the Carlton game? Um, there was only... So Jed Lamb was replaced in the selected side by H. McCready and Jacob Wietering just has backlisted. Oh, Wito. So not sure about the severity. He'll come out later. Does, does he have a nickname? Is we- Wito is probably not in. No, <laughs> that's probably not it. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Don't um, know. I think he was okay. Wietus. I think... Wheaters, yeah, Wheaters. I think I heard him. Wheaters is probably more likely than Wheato. Cruiser goes by Frank. Um, it's the wheat and the beer. Uh, it's the malt. Um, anyway, so we'll move on. St Kilda, Melbourne. Now, this is a big one we're looking forward to and one we were a little bit divided on, although Crofts pulled a, a smoky here and actually gone... Well, I went against, in the went against my online tips. <laughs> his yeah. tipping competition tips were different than the podcast. <laughs> so he's really? tricked us. He's really... Uh, but anyway, so Melbourne... St Kilda started well. They did. Head by four Rewalt goals. obviously had that injury scare. We, uh, Rewalt played well, kicked four goals. Oh, he's up. effective. He's still very good, which is what we probably can learn from that. Um, well, yeah, well, I've, pick, I've picking talked up first in every game. Croft or Dicko, did you see anything? Uh, games? Do you I, want to discuss I, I, Honestly, or? I didn't see that much of it. I was a bit disappointed that St Kilda lost. I thought they'd be a little bit better. Um, going by the votes, Clayton Oliver takes the chocolates. Yeah. 
It's a bit uh St Kilda started well in this game and Melbourne yeah. just ran over them. They were six two so they were four goals ahead of quarter time. And then so Melbourne had a seven goal seven goal to one second quarter. Yeah. That's where they came back and then Croft, did you see it? Just ran way uh, over I, them. Yeah, I saw I saw bits and pieces. Um didn't see the entire game. But from what I saw, uh especially early with St Kilda looked obviously they looked good. Mm. Um and then lost a bit of composure. Um, and I think Melbourne may have may have got their legs a little bit towards you know the halfway point of the game. And uh... I'll tell you what I thought. And I I watched um, three sixty earlier. Alan Richardson was on there, and that probably aligned with that because I saw more of the second half of the game when Melbourne yep. was starting to take over. Maxi gone now. Statistically, the numbers don't jump got, off the page. He got second in the yeah, but his he dominated the hitouts. And with no third man up, and this is something I think Chris Scott might have mentioned. When a ruckman's getting on top of you, now there isn't anything the coach, the opposition coach, can do. You've basically just got to cop that because previously he'd say, "Oh, we'll around the ground, we'll have a third man up, we'll try and nullify the tap a bit." Now there's no third man up, so now if your ruckman is inferior to the other team's ruckman, you've just got to rove to the other team's taps, try and stop them at ground level. It's all you can do. You can't change the fact so Gorn got on top of them they probably didn't adjust to it as well like Geelong dealt with the same thing with Sandilands but they were able to nullify that influence although later in the game it kind of changed a bit but Gorn really impacted and I think with Melbourne's mids having like Viney Jones they've got a lot of tough guys in there that can receive the tap and they're strong enough to get through a tackle and get the hands away to the next guy and then get out in the open and I thought that's where they opened it up also Jaden Hunt plays halfback for them. There's a few times in that game where he really stood out for me where he just broke the lines with his pace. And uh, it's kind of like a, like a Heath Shaw from GWS, that kind of player where he really can open the game up with his speed when they get going out of there. So that was that game. Injuries, uh, Jay Smith with a shoulder for Melbourne, St Kilda, Paddy McCartan was replaced with hamstring tightness mm. by Jack Loney. They'll hope Jack. to get McCartan back with three out. Yeah, Revolt, so Revolt Hopefully knee, no and, concussions for him this year. And right yeah. with and right with a head knock. Okay. That was it. All right, so to Next the first, game. I mean, I guess you could say the Melbourne one was maybe a slight upset. but the first I, don't, I don't think it really is. Not, not this early. It's not, yeah. you can't say where, where both teams are at because they're both obviously teams like yeah. midway through that development cycle. I still think, you know, you could probably go either way with them. So. It makes it tough for St. Kilda because they're versing the Eagles next round so. yeah and it's hard to get up to a slow start and bounce back yep. on the next game this is the first real upset of the round Port right. and I was very surprised at this it got over Sydney and convincingly they yeah pretty I, well I didn't, I didn't see much of it so. I don't yeah. it's I mean it, 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 I think I've never about, I've never doubted King, Ken Hinckley as a coach in terms of game day or uh, like uh, in match uh, strategies and stuff like that um, I always just thought it was a matter of personnel with them as to why they've been uh, substandard and maybe even not personnel maybe a between the years kind of thing because it was only a few years ago they were probably one of the hardest running teams in the comp and yeah, that's how that? three or four years ago yeah they were right up there, 2014 right yeah and then I think what led them down was skill execution and so they were still running really hard but they were probably running too hard and their skill execution uh, kind of fell off as a, as a result of that um, but they've also got really good young talent and I think they get overlooked because they're in Adelaide. Um, they get like... overlooked a lot. and But they've got really good young talent. Jasper Petard. Um, oh, I love Pat. Jasper. I, he's really good. And he, I gets, think he, he, got... he gets smashed by their supporters. But he's yeah, person. yeah. I think his supporters uh, give him a bit of flack, but I think he's a really good player. Um, and Ollie obviously, Wines. Obviously, Ollie Wines. Um, yeah, and right. 
and the new bloke. Sam Power Pepper. Sam Power Pepper. What a name. Great name. Yeah. Having Paddy Ryder back, I think, helps with them. Yeah, a bit was, more flexibility in the, in the ruck. He's yeah, a well, that was another thing. They didn't have very... In terms of their ruck stocks, they were very limited. Yeah, they had Loby. Yeah. The, thing, the thing that's good about Paddy Ryder is he can win legitimate ruck contests, but he also can go forward and kick goals. So yeah. he gives you... I think a lot of their um, I think a lot of their their strategy last year was just bombing it on Charlie Dixon's head, and I don't think that was a very good. You know, I'm not not bagging out Charlie Dixon at all. No. I think he's really good, but you that's just not a game plan. It's not a it's football not a game, plan, game plan. So. That is a big upset though, at the SCG. Oh yeah, round one. As a round one, this happens. Well, what sometimes. is that? What is it? Does it say anything about Sydney? I mean, it says uh, something about Port Adelaide. I think being able to go to the SCG. But... Sydney might have underestimated them a little bit. Port they, Adelaide, though, flat, obviously. I think Port Adelaide have a bit of a history in recent years of being able to play well against the good teams. They've got a pretty good record against Hawthorne. But then sometimes teams that are around their level or below them, they underperform. So I think what you were saying about the mental thing, that could be a part of it. I think after 2014, they got ahead of themselves. Everyone, everyone thought that the next year they were the premiership favourite because they were so close to beating Hawthorne in the prelim and they were young and exciting and you, the logical thing which we've kind of seen with GWS the logical thing is that next year they're going to be they're going to be there and they just weren't so not much else to say probably in that one it's a wait and see I think is anyone do you, do you change your opinion on Sydney from that game? Nah, not really no, I don't not I yet. need to see more the other thing is with teams like that that have been good consistently for so long is I think they kind of bide their time a little bit so the audience are a bunch of hoes yeah only okay. injuries from the game were Sydney D Robinson with a shoulder. Okay. More to come from that. And Dane Rampey with a broken arm after a oh, running yeah. incident. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's right. Obviously tried to jump over a chain this morning. Running yeah. Rampey. No dogs were, were... Well, as far as we know, there were no dogs involved. Involved. <laughs> but yes, that's apparently no came frisbees. Next game, Kai. Okay, so this is probably... Oh, gee, there's a lot of upsets this round, but this yeah, would be this a big a one. one. Uh, but in, in some respects, I think some people, especially any Essendon fans are new... Obviously, fans of your club always think they're good, but they some people saw this coming. Essendon, 116. Oh, I wasn't particularly surprised by it. 116 over Hawthorne, 91. At the MCG was 78,000. I think, I think everybody going into this game was thinking that we're, we're a bit on the fence about how Hawthorne well, would these are two with the new line. Very unknown teams. Without, without the Lewis and Mitchell and a little... I mean, not brand new, but, you know, with Vickery... And we and never, we never, we didn't know what to expect with Essendon either. So, and we didn't exactly, exactly. So, and we know that they had good talent before the year off. Hmm. Um, My man Zach Merritt. Yeah, Dyson Heppel was yeah, a star. Game, Merritt, and I think, I think after he did, oh, yeah. he, he got equal top votes in the yeah. votes. Yeah, he'll yeah. probably get. I think, um, what's his name? Heppel will probably get a chocolate. Yeah, he would three goals, yeah. and mm. Merritt will get two. But yeah, good I think, I think season. that was one I forgot. Like they take a year off, and you just put him out of your mind and Dyson Temple was one of them he's just a class yeah. player he, he was he one just... I was thinking when we were doing our brown low like who could come up yeah he was but I sort of thought he's not really coming up because he was probably there considered one of yeah, the better he, ones he before he went out votes, yeah, so yeah. it wasn't really yeah. you know coming to the next level he's just coming back from being out for a year so yeah but I definitely think he'll be and being captain and there was one thing the only thing I want to say on this game I mean I'm surprised at the result but Again, I'm not writing Hawthorne off, but I'll speak more on that when we do our tips. But the only thing I want to say is I saw a clip earlier in the game that I earlier in the day, sorry, that I really liked. So it was an important part in the game. I'm not sure the score, but Heppel's intercepted a mark. It was a pretty pretty brave mark itself, about 45 meters out, which 
It's probably on the limit of his kicking for goal range. And he's gone back and Brendan Goddard is standing 10 metres away. And we know Brendan Goddard has been known for being pretty demonstrative. And he was captain last year. And Goddard's screaming at him, pointing, telling him to pass it off. I'm assuming there was someone free in the pocket. And Heppel's looked at him. And this is all in play. There's not a, you only get 30 seconds. He's looked at him and he's shouted back at him, assuming he's said, you know, just chill out. I've got this. I'm going to take it. You know, calm down. Goddard's turned around and shaking his head. Heppel's lined up straight away, gone back and kicked the goal. And to me, that's just a great sign of a young guy who's ready to be the captain. He's taking responsibility at the club and he's coming in and he's, he's making a statement to everyone else, you know, almost that look at me, I'm the captain now. He's looked <laughs> at Goddard and said, no, I'm the leader now and it's my decision. I'm going to take the responsibility on not palming off to anyone else. He after, wants the after, moment. I'll have to watch that and see it. He wants the moment and he wants to make a statement and I thought that was really good. So that's just something I took out of that game. Positive. And I... I I love Heppel. I think I like his uh, when he he's was, good. I like yeah. his personality, the way he goes about things. Yeah. He's pretty laid back, but when he plays footy, he's serious. I like the way he plays. And no real injuries. Hawthorne, C. Rioli with a corked thigh. Ooh, I got a corked thigh on the weekend too. Me and Cyril, we got, we're born on the exact same day. Oh, and both got corkies. Exact same day, same year and everything, and we both got corkies. So, I mean, on and the same nowhere night. Nowhere near. At the same time. Nowhere near the same skill level. Same, yeah, same, I'm, same I'm, agility. I'm far superior. Yeah, fair call, um, Cool. Okay, so then we move on to the Q Clash. The Q Clash. Which has been a bit of a joke over the years, but this was actually a pretty competitive game, although it well, was more it, of a comeback. It wasn't, effort. it was a comeback. So you look at half time, it but was 11 it's a surprise, three, isn't three, it? Five. 11 goals to 3 at half time. Man. I turned it off. Hmm. I was like, oh, that game's over. Why were you but, watching it to begin with? <laughs> well, I didn't. I, I didn't. Well, because he's, just, because he's on a podcast that yeah. discusses uh, yeah. Aussie Rules football and he may need to watch it. He's right into it. But. Yeah, I, I, it was good that Brisbane held on, but I heard, like, Ede after the game, he just said it was, you're never going to win with a start like that. Yeah. They just had a really, really bad start. Um, Obviously, that's really good for Brisbane that they won that game. I don't think any of us are sitting here thinking, oh, we've made I like, think I think both teams are at the bottom of the... What we question, I think, is Gold Coast more than anything, because I think we all, even though we didn't have them top eight, I don't think any of us, we all probably thought they'd improve. I, just, I well, still think they will. Yeah, I think Gold Coast had a really... They just had a really, really bad first half. Which happens. Yeah. So we'll wait and see. But they've got your main man, Mickey Barlow, and he performed yeah. well. He did, yeah. Well, he's a solid player. I still Mickey think, they can, I still think they can improve because they did really well in the yeah. in the off-season and I, I think it'll just take a little bit of... I think they've kind of like done a, a real slight rebuild and a bit of a tinker on their team and I think it'll just take a little bit of time. They've to got what every team would love to have in Tom Lynch. A big dominant key forward that can lead yeah. the yeah. club, yes, and I definitely. think any team would want to have that. So Can't while you've got that, handle, that's what we need. You can you can build around you can build around that sort of. Player. How'd uh, how'd Gaz go? Uh, he got second At in the vote, average. so he must have come back pretty well. He started bad, but he got second, second. in the votes. Yeah, so, that's the thing, that's so the thing with him. He doesn't probably average for him. I think yeah. he had only had twenty eight possessions. Yeah, he, must or so, but... in, he must have probably got twenty of them in the second half. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, injuries. Any injuries? Gold Coast, D Swallow did an ankle and was replaced Ooh. in the selected side by Schoenfield. That would have hurt not having Swallow. That was the only injury. He hasn't had a lot of luck. Well, that was in injury before the game, no injuries in the game. And Dane Beams took out the chocolates. All right, the next game, this is one that probably went to script, would be West Coast against North Melbourne. Who West Coast, it? 136, North Melbourne, 93. Big win for West Coast. Uh, North was in it sort of early. As yeah, they were in it early. Yeah. But... West Coast were just too good. It looked to me, as we, as I think, and I think as you guys think as well with North, that they are going to probably drop down a bit this year. They've got rid of a few older guys. And I think they're kind of trying to reset without fully rebuilding. 
Um, I think they'll find they might have to actually fully rebuild. Yeah. Well, it's it's hard with them though because they never played a lot of their younger players, so we don't know. There's a great great man over there that that Croft and I know well, Benny Dyer, running their development. He's a development coach there, Our and he's PE got a lot teacher. of young talent. Um, but we haven't seen a lot of the like Dumont guys. We haven't seen much of them, so we don't know how good they really can be. Ben Brown's been a solid player. Um, as you said, Waite's going to be out for six weeks. That is disappointing That's for Waite. Which hurts them because he's one of their only veteran guys and he's... Yeah. Well, he's having, a, having he's him... superstar. Having, having Jared Waite and Ben Brown in the same forward line creates yeah. problems. You guys know Jared Waite well. I don't mind it. Waite, I think they could still work, but I mean... Wade could have been one of the best forwards in the competition. Oh, if, I don't he think didn't, if, if he wasn't injured all the no, time. We, we, should, had, we should never have gotten rid of him. And had, well, or it, suspended. That's a whole... Yeah, or suspended. But that's a whole other kettle of fish, the whole Wade no, saga. Should have should given him two years. It would, But really, looking at where they are now, wouldn't it be irrelevant? Not really. Hmm. Well, would you say then... We're a little bit off topic here, but would you say that the Chris Judd trade was a mistake? Because they'd still have Josh Kennedy then. Oh, well... In hindsight, probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but he gave you good years. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, he did. Right. He won a Brownlow with us. I agree. That, that's totally different. anything with Wade is totally different get to Jared Wade. You can't make it. You can't. All they had to do is offer him another year. Yeah, but what's he going to... I think he's... Well, he, It'd mate, be I'm, pointless. It, the only thing with him is injuries, but he's, I'm telling you, he's an out-and-out superstar. Yeah, but in, this, it'd be pointless there, though. No. They yeah, should have probably everyone. would have been good to get something more for him. Uh, it would, that, that you was, know, it would have helped them be a lot more competitive because yeah. their forward line is it. The forward line. It wasn't. Problem. It wasn't necessarily getting rid of him because whether we had him or not, it wouldn't have changed much in Carl, where Carlton are at now. But getting something for him would have been better. No, it would have been nothing. helpful for them if they had him. So I'm. So I'm actually. I'm kind of changing my. No, he's initial a, he's a legend, if so. they had him, it would be easier for like Kerno. Oh, of course, it'd be Silvani. Those guys having him there because he's better than Casbolt. Anyways, yeah. let's move on. We're not even talking about Carlton's game. Somehow, we've you guys have directed it back so, to Carlton. Yeah, well, Kennedy yeah. kicked seven, so he's Any looking injuries? to kick a hundred. For the you reckon he get a hundred? Oh, he's a threat. No, I reckon he's a threat. That really good. Kick a hundred? It's gonna happen again soon. He won't I have a feeling. Down. Yeah, I reckon he's kicked seven. He's on target. What's last seven, year? What's seven he times ten. It's one round. He kicked ten last year. He does that heaps of times. He's not gonna kick seven every game. No, no, no. I'm just saying he's... he can't kick a goal in the MCG, so he's not gonna get a hundred. Right. <laughs> they are flag favourites, West Coast. Uh, I've got some nice things to say about him. Petrie, the broken hand, and as we said, Jared Waite lists his shoulder, but I think, as you said, Collar might be an elbow. It looked yeah. like an elbow during the yeah, game. Yeah, elbow. Um, and that's it, but West Coast, very dominant. Okay. Uh, the next... Well, this is one that we deliberated about, but I think the fashion that went on... We tipped what? this one. Oh, Yeah. Me and me and Dicko. Did you both tip we we, we Adelaide? Both, we both tipped on the podcast. Yes, we did. On the podcast. Okay, Adelaide and GWS. Yeah. I don't think we any of us expected it to be like the way it was, though. No, so an absolute stomping. I saw the first quarter of it this morning before I went to work, and it was a close game. It's close to half time. But Adelaide was slick and just man, Eddie Betts is he's good. He, Carlton shouldn't have let Eddie Betts go. Yeah, they should well, have paid him whatever it took. Yeah, well, at the time he was not performing, so it's one of those hard things. I think going yeah, has made know. him better. Yeah, exactly. I don't think he would have. I think that's turned yeah, the corner. It's, uh, some players just need a fresh start. And I think. Yeah. That was it, maybe if they got like a new coach in or something, and yeah, exactly. But he needed a change definitely. I mean, it seems like he's been in the competition for so long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has. <laughs> Alright, we've gone back to Carlton again. Let's focus but, on this game. Yes, this we've game. done it. The bias has turned us. Um, <laughs> so, no no Taylor Walker. Mm. I know. That's why it's really surprising. 
Um, yeah, that would just that would just you really know, good. They've was, got a lot of forwards like Jenkins, Lynch. They, yeah, their forward line is monstrous. Oh, they they have, they have a great line lineup. Um, I love Rory Sloan too. Do you know who took the chocolates? Rory Led the bloody that, chocolates. Yeah. He is Ledy. a superstar. Yeah. Did you watch him last season? A little I'm, bit. I'm, he's really well. He got best on, and he's a defender. He is well, really good. Hey, look, we're just happy to get away with so, the four points. On the, we'll probably discuss a little bit more later on as well on this, but do we... Oh, and Menzel, Troy Menzel. Oh, yeah, he's finally mm, playing. Finally played a game. Yeah. Another goal. One. It's, it's great to be a Carlton fan, isn't it? Well, he didn't well, play any games Isn't last it year. great? <laughs> isn't like, it, it must be great to, to sit on a team and be like, what's our biggest weakness, our forward line, and see that the every <laughs> goal kicked in AFL is a former Carlton player just running absolutely... Even Jeff Garlett was playing yeah, well Jeff for Melbourne. Garlett, yeah, he kicked They are running right. If you put together three, the, the players Carlton have lost in the forward line, wow! What a is, forward yeah, is Chris Yaron playing? Is Chris Yaron playing any uh, country Yaren country probably, league games? He probably, probably kicked, kicked 20. the amateurs somewhere. Yeah. Uh, anyway, oh, so shit. GWS pretty disappointing. They were disappointing. They'll, I think they were ahead themselves again. Back. We'll probably have to wait and see on them. Yeah, uh, it's round one, so you don't want to make too many huge judgments. And the last game of the round, so my mob Freo went down to Geelong. I'll get what you guys have to say about it first and then I'll say my okay, bit I'll go first points. honestly I thought Freeman were very disappointing um, we'll hear from Colo what he reckons but I reckon they were disappointing I thought they would have put up more against Geelong Geelong were reasonably good I pretty much watched the first half like really closely and then well I even watched last actually I watched the whole game but Geelong just ran over them they were just a bit too powerful yeah I thought Freeman would be disappointing I'd be disappointed Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't catch a lot of this game. I saw a little bit here and there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it probably went about how I thought it would go. Um, how, did, how did Lockie Neal get in best of Fremantle? He had a horrible game. He kicked that one goal. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, like I said, I didn't really catch a lot of it. Um, but Geelong, uh, I think it's. I think that's pretty much shows where they're at. And I think Frio probably... I might have thought they might have lost by a little bit more, to be honest with you. So yeah, they, they made they, they the last second half they right. made it competitive, yeah. um, got a few goals. Okay. Zach Tui got one. So on, on my part of things, so obviously yeah, my opinion of where Frio are going to be is probably different to where you guys think they're going to be, and I've heard different things in the media. Some well, people, you had them in the eight. Yeah, so. some yeah, people some what, people think they're going to be better of the game. Yeah. So on the game, so scoreboard wise, obviously it is disappointing, and there were things that went wrong, but. Breaking down the game, I listen. I always listen to Ross Lyons' uh, post-game press conference. I think I probably describe myself as a bit of a footy nerd because I love listening to the way he's got a unique take on the game. He doesn't tend to uh, blow out of proportion with things. He puts things in perspective a lot. Um, but I came up with my own opinion of this before I heard his press conference anyway. So Geelong won, clearly, easily on the scoreboard. But if you break down the, the stats from the game... And stats can lie, but they can also be an indication that in in the contest, things weren't as far out as they seemed. So Fremantle had, some of these might surprise you, and some of them are probably, I should say, probably swayed from the fourth quarter when things were a little bit, the sting had gone out of the game a bit because Geelong had it in hand by then. But Fremantle had more inside 50s, more disposals, the same disposal efficiency. Uh, they had less clangers. Geelong had better inside 50 conversion and accuracy. So the difference in the game from pure stats standpoint, analytics, would be 
that when they went inside 50, they got more shots from it per inside 50. And from those shots, they got more goals. They were more accurate. And that was the biggest differential. It was like 70 to 40 or something, the accuracy. So that was a huge difference. And I think you'll see if you look at the raw numbers there that Freo kicked quite a few points. It was 18-7 to 10-13. Yeah. So if you turned it around a little bit, but it wasn't just the shots on goal. And there was a few things I saw. So there was a lot of positive. I saw one thing I think Sandlin's going to have a big year if he's healthy and can have a huge impact. Um, the midfield connection between him and Fife in the fourth quarter, I thought they got going. They used a different... Early in the game, I think he was too predictable when he did what he does a lot of the time and just sort of tapped it down to his right. And that's predictable and easy. Later in the game, he hit a few long punches, which some of them worked, some of them didn't. And he did a lot over the back taps, which really worked. We got into Fife and Monday a few times, Monday several times in full motion. And then they had easy kicks inside 50. When they got in the hands of Monday the, or the Hill brothers and occasionally Fife, they were a lot better going inside 50. Than Stephen when, Hill was good. I think yeah. Brad Hill was disappointing. Brad Hill didn't get enough of the ball. But when they get it on those guys delivering inside 50, they look a lot better as opposed to when you know Daniel Pierce is hacking it in there or a few other guys. The other thing I'd say is it showed to me that habits developed over a number of years are hard to break in one preseason. I thought Hamling, who I think is a decent player, but he's, and the commentators mentioned this a number of times, that he's come from the Bulldogs. And I thought a lot of times he seemed a little bit out of position, used to playing in a different system. And I think he's still adjusting to that. Brad Hill, it probably didn't impact the game as much, but I noticed a few times Brad Hill's running patterns were very Hawthorne. For example, a player takes a mark on the wing. I think it might've been Lockie Neal and he's backing back. And Neal went, uh, sorry, Hill, Brad Hill went to the Hawthorne spot, which is to run behind the man on the mark to get that handball over the top, which Sam Mitchell likes to give. That's something Hawthorne do a lot. Isn't that the, the it, bubble? Yeah, yeah. That was revered and like Fox footies talk about it all the time. He's run to that spot, but that's not really something Frio do. So he's kind of clogged up there, whereas Frio are more likely to be able to play on or come back inside. Um, and Cam McCarthy, this isn't probably a him being programmed in thing. This is probably just a getting used to guys. Well, he hasn't played a lot of footy. There's a few times he didn't, he didn't lead up. And late in the game, he got really busy and he came up the ground a little bit more, which I liked. But I think he's he was doubling back. He wasn't sure. The connection's not quite there yet. He doesn't know who to lead, like when to lead to who. And that'll come. So I think there was a lot of positives. And I really got out of this game. Geelong's a really good team that we all think is probably contending this year. And we do, even though I think Freo made eight, I don't think they're contending. So I think there's a difference between that. And so... I think they'll be good. I think the margin probably could have been closer if Freer were a bit more accurate. There's a few bad clangers. Sutcliffe did a bad, a lazy kick. Johnson did a lazy kick in. They got tipped by the man of the mark. Yeah, and they and it. Geelong, Geelong punished all those. That was the difference because Geelong turned it over too, but they turned it over in less dangerous spots. Freer had a few bad ones that got punished badly. So I don't think it was as bad as it seemed. Just looking purely at score, and I think I'm pretty confident actually going forward. They need to get a win in one of these early games. To, it would have been good to get this win, but to get their confidence week, up, so. yeah, I think it, they need to get a win early, a couple of wins early to get their confidence up, and then I think they can build momentum. But I think they're going to be better. Last thing I'll say, I think they need to go with just Sandlins and try either it's going to be Tabernar, Apness when he's healthy, one of those guys that can, is a little bit more of a forward, even though we, you know Tabernar's not great, but you had he's a bit more of a, a forward than Griffin. Kirsten. Yeah, I I just thought Kirsten was poor. He's it was all fumbling. It, it didn't look. I don't think he's a horrible player. I just think yeah, he just had an off game. He looked very off. I still think he's better than Tabernard though. 
Yeah, I'm not saying they dropped Kirsten. I'm saying drop Griffin, play ta- just try it, play Tabernar and pl- use him as the second ruckman because it'll give you a different look around the midfield. Tabernar's a pretty good runner, although his agility is like a Mack truck, but he's he can run. He's pretty quick. Play him in the ruck. Tell him he's got to be intense and he's got to tackle or he'll lose his spot in the team. And then it gives you another option forward that bit more mobile than Griffin. Because I think what they need to do is build a mobile forward line around McCarthy, Kirsten, Walters, Ballantyne when he's there. I also think instead of Subin, they should have played, played Crozier. He's faster. I think he gives you more versatility. I, I don't think Subin played that well and I think he was, he was a poor choice. Injuries for the game, zero. Just uh, quickly. Yep. A uh, bit of a Brownlow battle in that game. What? How did we see it? No, um, I don't think either player. None of them are in the stood out. Role. They weren't super important. Dangerfield. If you put him just those two against each other, Dangerfield won, no, mainly because he got the three goals. But in terms of the game, they hardly played yeah, really it, against it each other. It would be interesting to see if Dangerfield gets any votes. It'd be purely on name and reputation if he does, yeah. because in my opinion, he'd, only, he'd have if he was going to get any. Surely it would only be one. Yeah, one would be the absolute maximum because yeah. he was not influential. He kicked a couple of goals late. He played well. He didn't have a bad game, but it was an aver- very much average game for him. Yeah. He came fourth in the AFL Coaches Award. Yeah. Mackey got the He kicked chocolates. a few goals. He had a couple of nice moments, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't last year's game. No. And another thing that really frustrated me was the danger cam that Fox Footy put up. Yes, they took up a quarter cam. of the screen, Rose. eight minutes to go in the game. Five minutes of the game was taken up. A quarter of the screen was on Dangerfield. Could, he wasn't even in the midfield during this. Yeah, yeah. He was walking inside 50 while Frio had the ball down the other end. It was the worst <laughs> broadcasting I have ever seen great, in history. Ne- I, don't <laughs> e- Never do it again. You could tell how awkward the commentators were, though. Oh, were Matthew like, pa- uh, poor Matthew Pavlich is in there. He's only just pretty much just finished singing the song from his last game, and they've got him in there commentating a Fremantle game, which is stupid. Okay, I think you can use guys who are just out of a club in post-game stuff because, or, or pre-game because they can give you an insight into this guy's good at this or whatever, but don't have him commentating the game. It's awkward for them. It's awkward for the fan. It's impossible for them to be unbiased. You could tell he was frustrated late in the game because they weren't playing well. And they were asking him questions and he wasn't giving good responses because he was probably disappointed and frustrated. Didn't want to pump up Geelong because he's still a free man in his, he should in his heart. And he's he's more free... Yeah, I know he should. But it's unfair for your first game. He's more Fremantle than anyone in the history of Fremantle. And you're putting him in there. They do it with a lot of guys. Tom Harley used to commentate against Geelong. I, I hate it. I just hate it all the time. Mark, Eddie Maguire Mark should Shudo. never commentate Collingwood games. Uh, or Carlton. D- Dennis Armitage. That was oh, yeah. Tom Harley. Yeah, anyway, Mark Rusciuto <laughs> commentating oh, really? Adelaide games. And Mark Rusciuto is just David crap King commentator. The, yeah. Actually, David King actually gives kangaroos a bit of a cook every now and then. But David King, I think, tries really di- hard the to be against <laughs> the kangaroos. Tries more. Okay, well, we'll move on. That's the weekend analysis. We're going to go to our votes before we move to the next segment, which top is going five. to be an exciting one. So our top five. Now, this is not for each game, but just top five for the round. From inside the centre square, boys kick the goal. Boys oh. kick the goal. From inside the centre. <laughs> All right, so our oh, votes for the round. We'll start with Dicko. Okay, one vote I have. Sammy Mitchell, just because he's a legend. Um, two, I have Pendlebury. Three, I have Dyson Heppel. Um, I could have put Meriton, but Dyson had the better game. Four, I have Kennedy of the Eagles, kicking seven, superstar. And five, I have, unfortunately, Dustin Martin. 
but he played a ripper of a game. Croft? Uh, I got five. Uh, I'll put your mate, Zachy Merritt, in there. Ooh. Five, you mean one? Yeah, sorry. One. One, one. Yeah, Merritt, one vote. Zach Merritt. Yeah, not five. Good. One. Uh, four, I got Josh Kennedy with the seven goals. Uh, three, I've got Rory Laird. Laird. Uh, he's good. Two, Dustin Martin. Ooh. And one to Dyson Heppel. Oh, okay. Five so to Dyson Heppel. You've gone in reverse Di- order again there. You <laughs> He's said changed the wrong it five thing. to Dyson Heppel. So you just quickly read it out again with the, the number of votes allocated one to for the player. Two for Two for Josh Kennedy. Josh Kennedy. Three, three for, three for Ro- Rory Laird. Three yep. for Laird. Four for Dustin Martin. Four for Dustin and Martin. And five for Heppel. And five for Heppel. You just couldn't bring yourself to give it to no. him. He's clearly the best player no. around. Uh, Heppel was no. good. Heppel was good. Heppel had. Three goals. Martin had four. Yeah. <laughs> right. Heppel yeah, was good. Heppel was really good as well. Heppel, I'm not saying he wasn't. Heppel had, I think, one more possession than Dustin Martin, and he had three more tackles. And that's where I put, pinned it on. I think he had more tackles, and that was where I thought he had the better game. Because ta- depth analysis Because there, tackles, tackles are Don't an important, important stat. It's okay. midfield yeah. pressure. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. Okay, we'll see. All right, so mine, I've given one vote... To Dyson Heppel. I didn't see that much of the game, so I didn't want to overrate it. Right, I know yeah. he played well, but I thought he was impactful. Two votes I've given to another one of our men, Nathan Jones from Melbourne. Love Nate. They had a big win. I'm all I, I like Melbourne this year, and Nathan Jones was influential, I thought. In the parts of the game I saw and also leadership. I think he kicked to go, I don't know. You got three votes. So yeah. Uh I've given three, and this is my opinion, but I've given three to Sammy Mitchell. West Coast, I think he had 38 touches. So, he was big in so the game. Clean. And the other thing about Sandwich is other guys are going to thrive from the things he does. So I think he was big. Four, I've gone four for Josh Kennedy from West Coast. I Ooh, think Josh seven. Kennedy is vastly and wildly underrated, even though people know how good he is and he's won Coleman and stuff. But he's when people do their lists, you know, these media people do their list of top 50 players, I don't think he's nearly put highly enough because I think he has a huge impact and he's massive reason as to why West Coast are a good team and have been in previous years is I think what he does. Even The only thing, I think it gets held against him that he was really bad in that grand final against Hawthorne. So but it wasn't all his fault. They all played poor. There was a lot less delivery than we used to and he struggled. He had a good player on him but he's an absolute superstar. He just... He mark Anywhere near him they put it, he marks it clean, one grab. You know what was And good? he finishes, he doesn't miss much now. You know what was good out of the round is Rancy getting towed up by Weeders. <laughs> <laughs> Rancy. <laughs> Just coming, right, and coming back round to Carlton. <laughs> okay, and my, was great. my five, you, uh, you probably guess this is going, but Dustin Martin, I thought he was best player of the round. He ran right. Uh, yep. He was all over that game. He was everywhere. He was hugely influ- influential and everything Richmond did went through him. He impacted. He kicked four goals, but he could have easily kicked six or seven. He handballed one off. He was 30 metres out and there was no one anywhere near him just to get a new guy involved to kick a goal. He handballed another one in the goal square. Easily could have had six goals. So Dustin Martin, for me, was the standout for the round. He gets my five. Okay, and on to the next segment. All right, so this is a new one for you guys, and it Ooh. comes the namesake segment. It's called the Yeah Nah Look segment. Ooh. Yeah Nah Look. All right, so in the Yeah Nah Look segment, we're going to have a series of statements. Yeah, There'll look. be five. And what we'll say is we'll give them... I'll say the statement and then each of us will go probably reverse order. I'll say the statement. Croft will say his first, then Dicko, then me. And what they're going to say is they're going to say, yeah, nah, or look, yeah, if they agree, nah, if they don't, and maybe a reason why. 
and look if they aren't sure they've got a bit more they want to say about it. Okay. Okay, so we're on to the first cool. point. Number one, first ever Yen Look segment. West Coast are the new flag favourites. Croft? Nah. Nah? Nah. <laughs> Me? Any, any reason? I, I don't think it's you round one. You still think GWS? Okay. It's round one. Um, oh, I thought they were equal favourites. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say yeah. And I don't like West Coast, <laughs> but I just think GWS showed to me flaws, weakness, and I think West Coast, I think they're, I think they're new flag. It doesn't mean they're going to win, but yeah. I think they're the new favourites. Yeah. Okay. Second point. Dusty Martin is a top five mid in the competition. Croft? Yeah. Yeah. It's a unanimous yeah. It's a yeah from me. Yeah, three from is. three. Okay. Brisbane have finally turned the corner. Croft? Look, Ooh, yeah, it look. depends on what kind of corner we're talking here because they're still very early in development. So they could have turned the corner from being yeah. absolute cellar dwellers into being just like still in that bottom five. You know, <laughs> like yeah. a lock-in for bottom two to bottom five isn't that much of a step. But yeah. Mine's pretty much, yeah, nah, look, the whole thing, same as yeah. what Croft said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, yeah, well, maybe. Look, that's what I'm going with, look. I think, yeah, in the sense that there's there's positives to see now. It's only one game, but they've started the season with a win. They've got a new coach, so I think things are looking up. I think last year there was it was hard to find a horizon for them. Now I think there's, there's something to look at. Uh, fourth point, we underrated Port Adelaide. Croft? Yeah. Yeah? Uh, it's early, but they put together right. a good game of footy against good opposition away from home, so... Okay. Yeah. Well, we have to say that. Yeah. Don't we? <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd say yeah. I think they play, they played a game against a good team better than I thought they were capable. Yeah. I, I didn't think they would beat Sydney, and it's one thing to beat them, but they won convincingly. Mm. So I think yeah. And lastly, Thursday night footy should be a weekly fixture. Croft. Nah. I no? I don't think it's necessary. Dicko. Nah. I hate it. I don't get to see it because I'm working. <laughs> I think I think Nah as well, yeah. and my reason I barely is think it, it's necessary now. So. I think Why around else? the nation, people that like footy, if they're at an appropriate age to still play footy, a lot of them play footy, and Thursday night is a, a well-known training night. So I think a lot of people can't watch it, and I think it's good now and then. I probably would almost prefer Monday night to Thursday, but then again, it extends around. It make it's awkward, but I don't mind it now and then. But yeah, I don't think so. It's a no from me. Okay, so we'll move on. Next segment. This segment, top 10. You're all here because you're the best of the best. Ooh. So we're going to do top 10 lists of different things, varying topics. Today's topic, tonight's topic, is going to be midfielders. Ooh. Okay, so this time we'll go Dicko. Me first? Dicko, oh, me, then geez. Croft. Okay. Okay, oh, who sick. I have now. This will be so a bit countdown, different from most countdown people. From I, 10 to I, don't, I haven't got them in order. Yeah. Oh, you got to. Have have to have like, you had one job. I honestly have to have them in order. You yes. had one job. The point of the exercise is uh, to have them in order. Gee, well, I don't if like you need them a second, order. we'll go to Croft. Okay, to, yeah. I'll put them in order. Okay. okay. From 10. You've got numbers written next to them already. Yeah, I just did 1 10, but that's not <laughs> order. There's no way that's the order. Okay. Um, okay, I'll go from 10 then. 10. I have Luke Shuey, which none of you guys Ooh. will have. Nah, no chance. Okay, wow. well, he's, under, he's underrated. He got. Crap all brown low votes last year. He was way better than Gaff. He should have, and Gaff was like third. Okay, move on. Okay, move on. 
Um, okay, we'll just randomly, no particular order. Nine, <laughs> I will put <laughs> Tom Rockcliffe, which none of you guys will have. <laughs> um, eight, I will have Jack Stephen. Is this your top ten midfielders or this is this like top ten potatoes you get from Spudge? <laughs> oh, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jack no, Stephen I like, is I like a Jack Stephen. I like Continue. Tom, Tom Rockcliffe is still a superstar. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Jesus, hell. Jesus. Uh, Jack, uh, Jack Kennedy? Josh, Josh, Kennedy. Josh P. Kennedy. <laughs> Josh, Jack Kennedy. Josh Kennedy, number what seven. What are the chances there'd be two good guys named Josh Kennedy in the AFL? Yeah. Um, uh, we'll put six. Five. <laughs> what? He hasn't played for a year. How, yeah. I can't it, put him up. I think what you think that, how good you think yeah. he is. I'm putting him on I, round one. No, we, I'm putting him on how, who is... No, you can't rate him just on round one. Okay, nah. well, this what I put him as six. I don't... I, I put okay. mine as start of the year, all fit and healthy, ready to go at yeah. their best. That's what at I'm their like. best, yeah. At their best. Well, yeah, well, this is, no, this is no, this is at their best. I could say. No, I'm not saying in their right prime. Well, but no. I'm saying okay, whatever. Continue. No, they're not in their prime, are they? Uh, He's in his prime. Five. I'll have merit. Okay, you put merit ahead of five. We're not going to basketball tonight. We're having you committed. <laughs> mate, uh, okay, we'll see at the end of the year. <laughs> we will see. Oh, yeah, we will see when Fremantle Yeah, but then we can redo lists at the end of the year. That's the <laughs> Four, I will have Luke Parker. Three, I will... Man, I don't know why I put Pendlebury third. I don't know okay. why. Sixty <laughs> off your head. Oh, okay. I don't. I don't think he's that good. I think he's overrated. Oh. Three uh, differing opinions. Uh, no. Okay. Yeah. Three is actually Luke Parker. Four is Pendlebury. Two. I will have Dustin Martin and one. I still have a Dangerfield. Dustin Martin. Two. Okay. Uh, well, I don't have time to argue it. Croft, do you want to do yours? Yep. Um, bit of a bias alert, but I think it's oh. I think it's solid. Oh, God. I put Patrick Cripps oh, in ten. God. You cannot. You're you, committed to. You yeah, cannot yeah. have a top ten list of midfielders without without having last yes. year's leader in clearances and contested possession uh, average. You cannot. Done, he, you you can. cannot have. He has it. not done enough. I have you put Lockie Neal in there? Number nine. He's he Lockie Neal could have been. He had the least. most possessions in yeah. history last year, Num- based on your. He point. had no clearances though, so I don't know. He didn't have. He had none. Zero. Number nine, Marcus Bontempelli. Number eight, Dyson Heppel. Mm, good choices. I'm still stunned by Cripps. Uh, number... Well, we pride different. ourselves on bias. I, I knew we'd all Number different. seven, Scott right. Pendlebury. Number six, JP Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Ooh, we've got the, we've got the same eight. there. Yeah, okay. Number five, Sam Mitchell. I, I knew I should have put Mitchell in. I was really bad by me. Okay. Number four, Dustin Martin. There'll yeah. always be someone you forget. Number three. I didn't forget. I Patrick Dangerfield. Oh, I was going to say Patrick Cripps. <laughs> yeah, I just went twice. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the bias. bias. That's the bias. Continue, continue. Number two, Gary Ablett. Mm-hmm. Oh, I missed Ablett. Oh, and number one, sixth. Nathan Fife. Okay. All right, so... Well, well by, you know what? Adam's going to go. By your, go. By your measuring... Yeah, five, 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 By five, your five. measuring of having... Five sixth, you'd have to have Ablett pretty low too because he's played even less <laughs> oh, than five. Ablett's not even in the top ten. Yeah, so only sorry, by accident. he is low. <laughs> only by End accident. No, okay. he's not. No, not actually. My time to talk now. Now I've got a few different ones as well from you guys. So I've got tenth. Steel side bottom. Ooh, sidey. Now it's not as good as Pendlebury. Steel side bottom. Off your head. You don't know where Pendlebury is in this list. Oh, is, if you've got two Collingwood players, you're off your head. They got a good midfield. Steals. Yeah, but can I? They're not Zach Merritt. Can I get through my list, please? No. 
Jill Sidebottom can go left and right foot. He's a great decision maker. He can go forward and kick goals. He's got a great goal sense. He's a good clearance player. He tackles. He marks the ball well for his size. He's very composed. I think he's almost yeah, okay, almost better than Pendlebury. Down. Keep going. Nine, I've got Joel Selwood. I don't like yeah. Joel Selwood, but good. he's I, good. Yeah. Eight, I've got Luke Parker. I like Luke Parker. He's good. He was up there in the Brownlow last year. I think he's built a, year, a few years of consistency. He deserves to be Kicks there. Goals, yeah. But you know, years of consistency is what you measure good mids on. You know, over yeah. a period of time. Yeah, I have. And their, poten- and their potential for this year, you know. Um, seven, I've got Scott Pendlebury. And as I said before, I really like, I enjoy watching him play. He's composed, makes good decisions, good leader. Six, JP Kennedy from Sydney. Absolute clearance beast. Almost, oh, almost seven. Norm Smith in last year's grand final in a losing effort. He was unbelievably yep. good. He, it was special. Five, I've got Dustin Martin. Because I've got a little bit lower. Um, I just think he hasn't had the consistency yet to be right in the top three. What did he finish? Third in the Brownlow? Yeah. Not the Brownlow. The Brownlow is a Brownlow. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I think he was, up, he was up there. He had a very good year last year and it looks like he's going to have a good one this year. I'm just saying in terms of consistency, this is not my just what I think they are right now. But Get your chopsticks you know. out. Yep. Four, I've got... <laughs> chopsticks. <laughs> Four, I've got Sam Mitchell. Um... Can we play Chop Suey whenever we mention Justin Martin? <laughs> I think Sam Mitchell is elite still. Oh, His handballing, you. his inside work, left and right. Same what I said about side bottom. Side bottom is oh, like a poor man's Mitchell. You can't even tell if he's left or right footed. Yeah. You can't even tell. He's elite still, and over a number of years, he's done it consistently. I want to change my And list. he's an absolute superstar. So we might revisit this list later on. Third, I've gone... I've finished the same as Croft. I've gone third, Dangerfield. Second, Ablett. First, Fife. Ablett... If I have my time again, I might readjust it because he hasn't... He hasn't performed. There's not much to go on. I did. I thought last year, the games he played, he played very well and then he went out again. And so it was basically on those games I saw he still got the ability. And I, this... Well, round one, according to the coaches' votes, he played well. So until I, until I, I see... I really do this in round 10. Yeah. Until I see... Round 10? Consist- like a half... Halfway? Yeah. Okay. Until I see a consistent body of work from Ablett that suggests he's actually fallen off, which we haven't got because he's been injured so much, then I'm, I can't change it. No, it's yeah. the same with the Fife as well. He's been injured, so... Yeah, yeah well, exactly apparently so. he's six for you. Oh, but anyways, it's pretty hard. It's pretty it is. Hard. And I, I did say to you, we need preparation because it's going to be... No, no I, 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 I have put it there. Okay. Fine. We'll revisit this round 10. That's all we've got time for that. Now we're going to move on to our tips, which we're going to have to go through very concisely. Them. All right? So we're going to just say it's going to be like one word. Alright, so Richmond versus Collingwood. Croft. Richmond. Dico? What are you going to say? Yeah. Um, uh, Richmond. I'm going to say Collingwood, I mm, think. Yeah, tough one. MCG. Uh, Friday night footy. Bulldogs versus Sydney. I will go with Sydney. This is Dico. Uh, <laughs> Bulldogs for Croft. Is that Eddie Hat? Uh, yes, it is. Eddie Hat Stadium. Bulldogs for me. Hawks v Adelaide. Saturday football. Dico, I go will first. go with oh, MCG Hawthorne. Ooh. Adelaide. Yeah, I thought... No, I just want to... One thing I do want to say in this whole round. I thought this would be... I thought you'd say Adelaide, not Hawthorne. But I'm saying Hawthorne. And I'm going to go out and make a statement as well. I think they're not done yet. I don't think... They, I said... I stand by what I said about the ladder, but I think Luke Hodge is going to be best on ground this week. I think he's going to come out and he's going to be fired up. <laughs> I love Hodgie. I think he's going to get out there. He's get, he doesn't have abs and he doesn't care. <laughs> I reckon he's going to go out and I think Hodge he's going to be abs. He's going to make a statement. 
I think Hawthorne's not okay, done okay. to make a statement. Next game, next game. GWS Gold Coast. Um, I more uh, GWS spotless. GWS. Why did you make so many? Yeah, sounds? why was that? GWS. Oh, I was seeing where it was. Brisbane Essendon. 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 West Coast St Kilda. Uh, at Domain Stadium at West Coast. West Coast. Yeah, West Coast. I Which think. is hard for St. That's bad start St Kilda too. Lost in right. Yep. Geelong North. Uh, Geelong. Yep, gonna be the Cats. Geelong probably easy. Melbourne Carlton. Uh, Carlton. Yeah, I'm gonna go Carlton. I know I went Carlton. I'm not. That, I, I actually just think they might. Can you? Get, is there that. any reason? Bias alert. Can, no, no. Yeah, no. I just you just both. Support oh, actually, yeah, no, no, no. Actually, I reserve my right here to change my tip okay. because history will tell you that Carlton has played horrifically against Melbourne. Yeah. So have you changed Even, your dip on So that? I'm changing it. So You're I'm changing, changing to Melbourne? It. I'm going, yeah, Melbourne. going Melbourne. I'm, I'm going, going Melbourne. I'm going Carton. Okay. Port and Frio. Uh, it's over in Amy, isn't it? Yeah. I'll, well, I'll, I'll, I'll start to make... Over. I'm going to say Port. I will go Fremantle. Interesting. Port. I think Frio will put up a good performance as for the points I said earlier. Fremantle have to win. I think Amy. If Fremantle don't win, no. Okay. Adelaide Oval. All right. So that's our tips done. For the round, and now we are going to go to a new segment again. Oh shoot! Croft's cook. Here's oh. <laughs> your cooking is something up. The cook star, okay, cook it, mate. All right, I've got a big one, and it kind of follows off the back of what we've talked about already. When it comes to uh, media coverage and, and sucking dick, in particular for me, it's commentators. Now, I've noticed a trend in commentary that's probably been developing over the last few years, and that is that everything is very sensationalized now. Everything a player does on the field is clever. It's courageous. And it's getting old, because most of the time it's a easy skill execution. It's an easy kick, an easy handball, but the commentators have to blow it up and make it seem special. And sometimes it just isn't. So that's my cook, the commentators. You're on notice. Good, I agree. All right. Fuck the commentators. Crawford has laid it out uh, line. Okay, yeah, well, I'm a bit more aggressive, but poor form. It's alright. It wasn't as good as my cook on the danger cam. Probably <laughs> I didn't have a segment for it, but so oh, they were they were sucking Dangerfield's Dangerfield, not Dan, well, they were, Martin, um, Dustin Martin's dick all night long. Did we put that on our Twitter? Feed? Are you like? Well, I mean, that's you? part. Of, that's part of it. Is that yeah. they <laughs> when it, when a game gets to the point where it's lost. And 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 a team can't come back. They don't know what to talk about. So they just talk about the same thing for a whole quarter. Over and over. You've had your call. All right, that's going to do us for round two of Yeah Nah. Look, we'll be back for a big action-packed round three. I'm sure it's going to be a good round. So... Everybody out there in the universe, we hope we've got some listeners picking up. You can hit us up on Twitter. We got Yeah Nah Look. You can hit us up on Facebook, Yeah Nah Look. And we're now available on iTunes. And we will respond. Search for Yeah Nah Look. And also search for the Aussie Rules Podcast because we didn't put AFL in the name. Yep. And until next week, keep well. Keep well. Keep well. Yeah Nah Look.